Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. So we're going to pass over to Neil now. He's going to come and preach to us. Morning, everyone. Great to be with you this morning. And uh, we miss you. We miss having you all here with us. It is really strange speaking to an empty room. I have Hannah and Sarah here. But uh, before we just get uh, started, let's just pray. Lord, we just want you to come and speak to us this morning. Show us your heart, Lord. Show us who you are. Just bring truth to us this morning, we pray. When there are so many lies and untruths about we want to hear the truth of your word this morning so come and speak to us we ask in Jesus name so <clears throat> morning what I what I wanted to uh, ask you this morning is how do you feel today so uh, I only have Hannah here and Sarah here so Hannah how do you feel today Hannah has a mouthful of cake that's why I asked her at this particular moment. She feels hungry. And Sarah, how do you feel today? Right, when she's finished with the tech. So what I was thinking about was that most of us rely on our feelings all the time. How we feel is very important to us. And yet, feelings are notoriously unreliable and changeable. We are up one day and down the next. In fact, we are up in the morning and down in the afternoon, or down in the morning and up in the afternoon. My wife is down in the morning and up in the afternoon. So we all feel differently all the time, and we rely on our feelings perhaps too much sometimes. And we have phrases in the UK for how we feel in a particular moment. So you might hear someone say, well, you're like a bear with a sore head today. What does that mean? Well, that means you're in a bad mood. Did you wake up uh, like a bear with a sore head this morning? That's how you feel. And we can let those feelings dominate our lives. Another one is, uh, did you get out of bed the wrong side this morning? What does that mean? Once again, You've woken up and you're not in a good way, you're not in a good place, you're feeling miserable. And feelings constantly change, and if we rely on them, they can be unhelpful. You know if you're a regular uh, member here, uh, when we meet on a Sunday, I'm always saying to to you all that uh, the time to go to your community group is when you don't want to go, when you don't feel you want to go, is the time to go, and God meets with us in those moments and blesses us. And so often, if I had a pound for the number of times people have said to me, I didn't want to go to group and I went and God really met with me, I would be a rich man. But that's what God is like. He is unchanging, unlike us who are changeable from one moment to the next. God is unchanging. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is unchanging. So no matter how we feel, up, down, all over the place, God is unchanging. 
He is always the same. He is faithful. His grace, his love are always there for us, no matter what our situation. And yet we constantly rely on our feelings. And I just want to look at some people this morning who got stuck with the way they were feeling. And the story is the story of David and Goliath, which we all probably know really well. We're, we're taught about it in Sunday school and uh, we have preached on it before at church. Um, and if you want to look it up in your Bibles, it's 1 Samuel chapter 17. We haven't got time to read it all, but we're going to read little bits through the story. So the story of David and Goliath is that the Philistines are fighting against Israel. The Philistines are on one side of the valley up the hill and the Israelites are on the other hill facing each other across the valley. And the champion for the Philistines is this guy called Goliath. Now, you have to know that Goliath is huge. And hopefully, we have a picture which Sarah has put up on the screen. I can't see it here, so I'm running blind. But if you were in Church in the Peak in 2012, this is a picture from when I last preached on David and Goliath. And Goliath is nine foot nine inches high. So what we did was we measured nine foot nine outside our house, and then we had to try and get to nine foot nine. So there was myself, who's six foot six. Then on my shoulders, there is Julia, and it wasn't quite enough. So then on top of that, we had to have the orangutan, uh, which made nine foot nine. So that is the picture that you have. And that was when we were meeting at county offices just down the road there. And yes, Julia was on my shoulders for quite a long time, and I'm still suffering with a bad back because of the result. But that's how big Goliath was. He was a fighting machine. Nine foot nine tall, huge, huge armor. He had a sword, a spear, a javelin. He was the ultimate fighting machine. And every day, Goliath would come out and challenge the Israelites to fight him. If we look in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 8, Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send a man who will fight me. And when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. So how did the Israelites feel? Because here was Goliath every morning and every evening for 40 days coming out and saying the same thing, taunting the army of Israel, knowing there was no one within their ranks that could match him. No one could beat him because he was the ultimate fighting machine. So how did they feel, the Israelites? Well, how they felt was, we've just read in verse 11, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Verse 24, if you go on to read, it says, they began to run away from him in fright. So they were fearful. 
Verse 25, as soon as David arrives, the first thing they say to him is, have you seen the giant? Their vision is taken up with Goliath completely. He is there every morning. He is there every evening. He is just in their vision. And what has happened here is that the Israelites have taken their eyes off God, who has brought them to this place, Jehovah, the great I am, And their vision is taken up with this giant who, it looks from all intents and purposes, is unbeatable. He dominates their thinking. Forty days is a long time. It's longer than we have spent in lockdown, and that's been long enough. But if you're waking up every morning and Goliath is shouting at you in the morning, and then you know that he's going to be shouting at you again in the evening, it's just depressing. And he's taken up their vision. They've taken their eyes off God, who has brought them thus far and can get them out of this situation. And even Saul, who is the king, and we're told when Saul was made king that he was head and shoulders taller than all the other men. So maybe he's the guy that should be going to fight Goliath. Even he is at a loss what to do. He offers a huge reward to anyone who will kill Goliath. He says he will give that man one of his daughters as a wife, and the whole family will not have to pay any taxes, verse 25. And yet, even with that incentive, no one comes forward. So what is God's plan to save the Israelites? The obvious thing to do is to go and get another giant to get someone who is 10 foot 10 or 11 foot or 12 foot, that they can come and fight for the Israelites and fight Goliath and beat him. Maybe what they should do is send two sections of the army around the sides and attack the Philistines from the sides and the rear and do some outflanking manoeuvre that means they can win the day. All these things are possible. All these things are what we might think is going to happen. So what is God's plan? God's plan is that he will send a shepherd boy with their lunch and that will sort it. Verse 17. One day, Jesse, who was David's father, said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. And give these ten cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report of how they are doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. This is God's plan. This is God's answer to the situation. And it looks from everything that it is completely crazy. That it is not an answer at all, actually. It's just a nonsense. This is not going to solve the problem of Goliath. But this is so often what God does in situations. When we're fighting with a Goliath in our own lives, whatever that may be, whether it's coronavirus or a job situation or finances, whatever it is, relationships, it can be any number of things. 
We try and work out what God is going to do, and we're using our own intellect and our own understanding and thinking, I'm sure that God is going to do it in this way. And then this will happen, and that will happen, and there'll be a reaction here, and there'll be this, that, and the other. And we try and work it out in our own mind, and God says, whoa! Don't you understand that the way I work is completely outside your understanding or your knowledge? For I am greater than your knowledge. I am greater than anything you can think about. No one would write that David should go and bring the sandwiches and in that moment defeat Goliath. No one. And yet, that is what God does. Because this battle was not going to be won by strength, but by faith. And so often, our battles are not won by strength, but faith in the living God. That is the place we should first go. Call on the living God. Call on Jehovah. Call on God, who rules the heaven and the earth and looks down and sees Goliath just as a tiny pinprick that can be defeated in an instant. And your situations are the same. We stand there looking up at Goliath, and he is enormous. God stands there looking down, and he is tiny. God's perspective is so different from ours. Hallelujah. Even Saul who still is trying to work all this out in his own mind and use his own intellect, gets David and then says to David, right, take my armour, you're going to need this armour. And even Saul, who's the king, is not looking at what God can do, he's looking at what David is going to do with all this armour on. And it's so heavy that he cannot even wear it. It's a nonsense. The opposite of fear isn't courage, but faith. The world's answer is always when the going gets tough, the tough get going. But in the kingdom, it's not the same. The opposite of fear isn't courage, but faith. And who do you have faith in? That's the question. God is bigger than any giant and has a different perspective to us. Verse 26, David's whole attitude towards this situation is so good. It's so good for us to learn. It's so good for us to look at and say, I want to be like David when situations come up in my life. Because what he does, first of all, is he declares the truth. He declares in verse 26, Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? You see, he realises that God is with them. He knows that God is their king, their true king. And Goliath can be defeated by trusting and having faith in the living God. And that is true for us. Declare who you are in God. I am a son. I am a daughter of the king. That's who you are in God. You're not a slave. You are a son and a daughter. He delights in you. He looks over you with wonder and praise. 
He delights in you. The living God is for you. Hallelujah. Verse 27, 37. David says, The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. What is that? What it is is God preparing David for this moment. When he was out looking after the sheep, the lion came and the bear came and David fought them off. And those were nasty and horrible situations that he found himself in. And he may well have been thinking, God, why are you letting this happen to me? Why am I having this lion attack? Why am I having this bear attack? And God says, because I'm getting you ready for the day when you will remember this and you will say, Goliath, you have nothing because God has prepared me for this one moment when I am going to defeat you. Hallelujah. Remember God's promises. Remember what he has done in your life. Has he ever let you down? Remember what God has done through reading the Bible. Hannah was telling us, read our Bibles more. Know God's promises. He is with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am for you. All the promises that God has are true as we face Goliaths in our life. Remember what God has done. And David realises that the lion and the bear were there for a reason. Those situations, difficult as they were, they brought him to this point where he knows God is going to be with him. Verse 45 is the key verse. And David says, You come to me with a sword, spear and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. If Goliath had one problem, it was that he didn't realise he was taking on an army or Saul or soldiers or David. He didn't, no, no, no. He was taking on heaven. He was challenging the very God of Israel. And this is a declaration from David of who God is. So often in our lives, when we come across situations that are really, really hard, our vision is taken up by the situation. And God says, you have to remember who I am. Remember that I am still in charge. Remember that I am king of all the earth. I have not forsaken you. I'm not leaving you in this situation. No Goliath is too big for God to deal with. Hallelujah. David's eyes are not on Goliath and his size, but on the God who is bigger than any Goliath and is on Israel's side. Hallelujah. Such a refreshing attitude. One that we need to learn from in our own lives. There's two ways of looking at Goliath. One, he is so big, I am going to die. And he is big. We've already seen that. Or secondly, he's so big, I cannot miss. And that is David's heart. He's so big, I cannot miss. And the Lord of heaven is with me. Hallelujah. J. John says, if we change the way we look at things... The things we look at change. 
If we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. And that's really just a great thing to, to remember as we go through these trials in our lives and situations. Let's have God's perspective on situations, not our own. Our, our own are often, uh, we use that phrase, can't, we can't see the wood for the trees. We're in the middle of it all. We don't know what to do. It just looks confusing. And God says, change your perspective. How do you do that? Well, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. That's fine. How do you do it? Well, he goes on to tell us we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Run with endurance. When we feel weak, how do we do it? By keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith is another translation. Fix our eyes on Jesus, not on the circumstance, no matter how big and impossible it seems. So we know the story. David runs forward without any armour, just with his sling and his stones, and he kills Goliath, not by might, but by faith in the living God, because he has taunted the living God. David knows that God is with him, and he kills Goliath and chops his head off. Whatever giants we are facing... We need to trust and have faith in a God who is in control and does not change. He is not intimidated by any Goliaths, no matter how strong, no matter how loud, and no matter how much they're armoured, God's ways are better than our ways. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And so often we have it the other way around. We try and work things out with our own understanding. And then when, eventually when we get to the end of ourselves, we're on our knees, we then trust in the Lord. And God's saying, you're wasting so much time. Come to me as you face Goliath. Trust me with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. And I will see you through. Whatever situation you are facing today, No matter how big the problem is, no matter that you cannot see a solution, no matter that things don't add up, no matter that it looks like you have a weak position and it's impossible and you're never going to get out of it, God says, trust me, that is the time to have faith in God. That's what David did in the moment he realized who God was. He realized that Goliath was taunting the army. And in fact, he was taunting the living God. And he trusted God and had faith in God. To finish, I just want to read some verses from Philippians chapter 4. I just really want to pray this over you all this morning. It says, don't worry about anything. Easier said than done. 
but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Hallelujah. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honourable, right, pure, lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise and the God of peace will be with you. And I pray even this week as we all face Goliaths, we all face situations in our lives that the God of peace will be with us all as we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. God is with you. He is on your side. He will not let you down. He will come through. No matter whether you can see an answer or not, no matter how big Goliath is, no matter how difficult the situation seems, you have God on your side. And he will be with you. He is unchanging. Hallelujah. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't rely on how you feel. Rely on God who is unchanging. We're going to sing a song, This Is How I Fight My Battles. There's only two lines in this song, and yet it is so powerful. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. That is truth. You are surrounded by God. You are surrounded by Jesus. He protects you. He keeps you. So as we sing this, sing it as a declaration. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Hallelujah.